hello everybody, Paul Alcoholic. Um, again, this is just a member's eye view. I like to keep repeating. Uh, it comes from uh, a recognition of the exact nature of the wrong. I think for the, to get to the exact nature of the wrongs, uh, underlying that is the exact nature of the wrong. And, uh, <laughs> the humble invitation is that the mental state is dominant, as we say in recovery, the problem resides in the mind. The mental state seems to be quite dominant in our experience and narrative of this life. And that mental state is in the act of being identified as a thing and not more so than just the thing being the body, but being uh, the owner of a lot of activities that it really has very little to do with. So thinking it's the doer, the feeler, the seer, the hearer, the taster, the toucher, the smeller, the thinker, uh, all this to me is a certain uh, assumption that self-centeredness is based on. And what an alcoholic or a real addict is, is a case of extreme self-centeredness. So uh, I believe what alcoholism does, it irritates or, or creates a flare-up of the original dis-ease, which is uh, identification as self. That's just humbly how I see it. And uh, I found that the way I read a statement on page 64 in the big book, which is I read it in English, and I feel like I understand the wording, where it's very clear that Bill W. is separating self from us. Not separating, he's just, yeah, he's telling the truth that there's uh, being convinced that self manifested in a lot of different ways, and we can attest to that is what has defeated us, we will now look at its self's common manifestations. Uh, and then the next paragraph is resentment. So basically, this is one way of looking at the fourth step and basically uh, applying that way of looking at the fourth step to every other step. And that is being convinced, believing with certainty that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So we are us, like all these squares would, would comprise us, and then all these squares may be infected by the same foreign pathogen, self, let's say. Yeah, so we have all these distinct squares with distinct appearances in them, yet there's one overriding uh, condition being unnoticed, let's say, which is the predominance of self in the square. So, so basically every square seems to be infected by the same pathogen. And how is that? So what, what's the modus operandi of the pathogen? Obviously, uh, convincing the host, all these different squares, that it's the, it's the host. So basically, each host is carrying, let's say, the same parasitical movement, unbeknownst to the host at this point. The host feels the irritability, restlessness, and discontentment that it produces. It feels, it's, it's, it deals with by either denying or 
you know, facing up to the consequences of being driven by this parasite, it f feels the incomprehensible, demoralized, pitiful state that sometimes it brings it to, but it's not seeing the act of being identified as it, yeah? So no matter how bad the effects of the parasite are in us, they are clothed or, or camouflaged or hidden by the identification. So we can't entertain being free from it because we're identified as it. It's just, uh, I don't know, it just seems so obvious if you just spend a little time go reflecting on what it was like, you know, what happened and what it's like now. You could see that something had a huge sway over you that has been lessened by the program of recovery. So now your obsession or your compulsion of self by self as self at least has changed. And maybe by seeing it simmer down, you can really get to the causes and the conditions. I feel that's the possibility that the program offers. So uh, this whole idea of other was, was pivotal for me. It was pivotal. It changed everything. I saw the word self and I got it, you know. And I remember I had to speak at a new meeting up north of where I live. And I went there and I shared like all the other times I've shared without knowing what I was going to say or what was going to happen. And that meeting was the first time the, the, the idea of the parasite was shared. I shared it as an imagery because it was so clear to me that something had taken me over and had been using me all these years. And I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, like it says on page 53 about the faith without knowing it. Without knowing it, something had taken me over in a way and was using me, yeah? <laughs> it was just that simple. And so hopefully the recovery from the disease is going to lead you to seeing the exact nature of the disease, which is parasitical in a way, yeah? It's almost as if something, some foreign thing is living through us and every time it expresses or manifests through us, in other words, it incites uh, an action or a reaction, yeah, and therefore that the manifestation is not of us, it's of that, we call it ours. And I just don't see how we're not seeing that. It just blows my mind. I mean, isn't it time to recognize the my before the resentment, you know? To recognize the my before the fear and the mess, recognize the my before the acting out that has caused you harm and other people harm in the pursuit of what you want, whatever that is, yeah? Isn't it time to see that? To see what what is that? What is that my? It seems to have, it has such a power, it changes whatever comes after it, yeah? You know, I've seen it in my relationships. I go out with a lovely girl and then one night she's crowned my girl and then I think I have permission to follow her home or find her emails or, question her about what she did all day that's fucking crazy yeah and where did where did that pivot from it was the my and the same thing with there's a resentment and you proceed it with my and that resentment is is we give life to it for 40 or 50 years that's insane to me yeah it's in, it's insane 
how can't we notice the difference? How can we, how can we not notice the difference between resentment and my resentment? Thoughts, my thoughts. Life, my life. Feelings, my feelings. I think they're hugely different. Yet the basis is both, on both statements there's feelings. There's feelings and my feelings. There's thoughts and my thoughts. So there seems to be an option. Yeah, so I can live with feelings, but it's incredibly hard to live with my feelings. Yeah, I can live with thoughts, but my thoughts can really ruin my day. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. There's a huge add on. Yeah, everything is claimed and put and and given meaning by what has taken us over. And I find that most of the meaning is heavy. And then we're weighed down. It's like that old example of having, you have to go, you have to travel every day 20 miles and you put on a backpack and the difference would be what's in the backpack. If you have a hundred pounds, the trip's gonna be a lot, much more of a drag than if it's five pounds. And you know what? If you're walking around with 100 pounds day in and day out, you can't, you think that's the norm. You never even look into the backpack to fucking, maybe I can lighten the load. And the funny thing is, when you do look in the backpack to lighten the load, that even makes it more heavy. Because we, we, we run into the statement, self can't get out of self. When I try to travel lighter, it produces more heaviness. Yeah? I've got to admit, the futility and the failedness of the system that seems to dominate me and submit myself to a program of recovery and allow another possibility, what we may call a higher power or grace or whatever you want to call your innermost, to start having some influence in my life. But first, the influence of the parasite has to be put, you know, put on pause, and that's the program of recovery, and that's the working steps, four through nine. You don't get to the exact nature of the wrong at step zero, you get to it through doing the work, yeah? And then the work reveals something to you. When I became responsible, it turned sooner or later into I'm accountable, and I saw I wasn't the one who did it. While I was denying I wasn't the one that did it, I felt like I was the one who did it completely. I came in AA, I let everything land on me, and you know, it felt what it felt like, but it didn't kill me. I learned I could face life successfully. And then I also realized another phase entered, which is, hey, and I'm not that. That's, those behaviors weren't my behaviors. They were driven by something that had had me that doesn't have me anymore. And therefore, the behaviors I exhibited when I was out there using, I'm not exhibiting now. Yeah? Not because, not because of me getting better, but me getting relieved of the takeover. Yeah? The parasite was recognized as other. That's its weakness. Yeah? It needs us more than we need it. Yes? It needs us more than we need it. When you recognize it as other, the possibility of being free from it becomes available. And so shall it be. It will be. You will grow in freedom from that. Yeah. So.
So long as I have a platform, I'm going to keep putting it out. Because this message verified itself by the relief I've experienced over the years, basically. That's its, that's its, its authority is the relief that it's allowed to stabilize. Yeah, so I don't know. I was thinking maybe we could talk about page 84 or whatever, because I love, you know, when you get into the pages 80 near step 9 and step 10, they describe some incredibly effects of being relieved from the parasite, <laughs> which is we cease fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. See, this is an observation of an effect that we didn't produce. It was produced in us, but we didn't produce it. So we're seeing an effect. Hey, I've, I've realized I'm not fighting anything or anyone today, even alcohol, fucking far out. Yeah, for by this time, what time now? By this time now, right now, sanity will, will have returned. Sanity concerning the insanity that precedes the first drink. Yeah, that has been neutralized. You now have a defense against the first drink. There's sanity instead of insanity that's preceding the first drink. And I'm telling you, the, the insanity is usually wearing the cloak of my somewhere. My, 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 my. Yeah. We will seldom be interested in liquor. Fucking far out. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. This isn't something that's, this isn't an order for a military person to do. Next time you're tempted, return, recoil from it as, as if it was a hot flame. It's a reflection on an effect by, of the program. There's been a change, and this is one of the ways you notice a change, because you seldom are interested in liquor anymore, and if tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. Those aren't things we choose to do. Those are the effects of the recovery. If tempted, all right, we react sanely and normally. Wow. And we will find that this has happened automatically. This is the beauty of it, yeah? It's happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward Luka has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. I don't see how you can see that as anything other than a reliance on a higher power program. If this was a reliance on a self-program, a self-help program, that sentence would not be said that way. It would have been said, we will see that, our, that all our work and effort has brought us to a, a condition yeah, that, has, that definitely has not happened automatically. It happens because I put a lot of thought and effort in it. No, it's not saying that at all. It says, we react sanely and normally and we will find that this has happened automatically. Yeah. We will see that our new attitude to look has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. Yeah. <laughs> it just comes. That's the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality. 
safe and protected. How I'm sure many of us have been in that place of neutrality for years. Yeah? Safe and protected. For years we've been in it. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. We are relieved, really. <laughs> that is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And when you see that you're not a mental condition, that's the spiritual condition. Yeah, and the spiritual condition is pretty fucking fit. The spiritual condition doesn't have to work out. It's, it's, a, it's always the same infinite bright condition. It's us <laughs> that play the role of the aperture, that, sh that shield the sunlight of the spirit from us or not recognizing it as us, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever anyone wants to speak about. But, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Paul. Um, are there any hands up? Anybody have any questions? Please raise your hand in the participants window. Uh, we don't have any questions raised yet. Uh, Paul's Reflections takes place on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the same time, which is 1.30 p.m., I'm sorry, it's 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, Eastern Standard Time, it's 1.30 p.m. We've got a question from Jackie. Jackie, I'm gonna ask you to unmute yourself and you can go ahead. I'm trying, okay, I think I got it. Thank you again, uh, Paul. I really appreciate you helping me to ride this life a little lighter. Well, a lot lighter, actually. Okay, you were talking about, okay, let me see how I put this. Before the, the sun, sunlight of the spirit, can I say that the parasites included um, childhood or adult traumas, lack of love, various insecurities that kind of drove me to drink and drug? I would say the parasite will amplify your life's experiences for its own agenda. It's not the cause of those life experiences, but it claims those life experiences and uses them for something. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, that's basically what I, that, as you were talking, that was one of the things that came to mind. Do you see something happens Let's say, I remember, you know, I got into, I got run over by a car mm. twice in one night. And mm. uh, I was in the uh, orthopedic wing of this hospital for months. And I saw many people who got severely damaged, a lot of times by motorcycle accidents and stuff. And we were all seemingly in the same pot. And yet, uh, what happened after we all sort of graduated, some of us, some people killed themselves, others became alcoholics, others got sober, you know, there was a, and so the same, the same accident can be given a lot of different meanings. And sometimes 
the mental state will give it a meaning for its own agenda. So someone will have a narration about their whole life totally determined by that one experience, that one night, yeah? And they almost get captured by the narrative. So they become the person, the victim or whatever. And it carries on for year after year after year. And to me, it's another variation of the bondage of self, yes? So, yeah. So I'm not saying the parasite, it's just an imagery. But all I know is whatever happens, this this parasite movement will claim it to be the one it happened to, and it will use that, what happened, for its own agenda, yeah? And, uh, yeah, that's all. So in your case, you used uh, the big book to assist you in getting to where you are now. But it's possible for other people to use something else or religion has nothing to do with it. It's that connection with a higher power, period. Am well, I it's not, that right? I don't care where I am really, but the, yeah, there's a lot of different vehicles, but we're in the uh, AA recovery garage here and we're all in these little stalls. So that's the commonality. And so for me, uh, the AA way of life uh, basically, uh, man, AA was completely, it has been, the, it's, it's been the major determining factor in this life, yes, for me. And not only did it allow unsuspecting inner resources and higher powers and all this and that to become very uh, prevalent in my life. It gave me a way of life uh, designed for living, which was sorely needed. And it also gave me a community of like-minded people. And it's given me tons of stuff. And I've watched how much certain people I know, their whole life has come from AA, really. They've met their wife there. They got jobs from there. They did this. It's just been unbelievable. What a, what of a, what an all, uh, like an all-purpose vehicle recovery can be. So yeah, that's the lens that allowed things to become clear, and allowed that clarity to stabilize. Yes, but it doesn't mean everyone has. Seat assignment, yeah. So, yeah. Right, because I was going to say, um, I know I heard um, one of the a few videos probably where you mentioned this place, the Lancy Street. So obviously you weren't you weren't ready, correct? Because then you were in the Lancy Street for a couple of years, correct? Yeah. And then still ended up going back. So. Now I'm thinking. Well, Lancy Street, Street didn't have recovery there. Oh. There was, was, was intuition going on because after about 18 months of being there, I, f I felt there was something missing. 
that I needed. I didn't know what it was, so I used to talk to all the, the oldest people there that had been there the longest, and it was obvious to me they didn't know what I was talking about. So basically, what I was sensing the lack of was proven later by me being introduced to recovery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I left Delancey Street, I went back out for 10 months, and then I washed up on the shores of recovery. And I found what I was what, what I truly needed and was looking for. Yeah, or it found me, let's say. Yeah. Right. Thank you yeah. so much again for assisting me in traveling lighter. It's my pleasure, honey. I mean, uh, it's nice to travel with a pack lighter than by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Paul. Um, the next question is from Jacob. Jacob, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself and then you can ask your question. Hi, uh, I'm actually not Jacob, I'm Greg, but uh, to circle back to your backpack analogy, my question is uh, how do you unpack the backpack and uh, those feelings of my feelings and like, be okay with it? So to give you a quick little, not go too deep, but me and my girlfriend are both in recovery and she talks about how she still wants to be able to drink after all said and done and, and I, I don't. And I know like there's the feelings and then there's my feelings and my feelings are like, fuck that. I don't want to, you know, look where that got us before. And like, it kind of upsets me quite a bit that she still wants to be able to drink. And I don't know. I'm kind of having a hard time dealing with that sometimes, you know, but I don't know. It's tough. Hmm. Well, you know, a lot of times when people say, they really want to drink it's not them actually saying it yeah all right that's the important thing to point out to people because a lot of times they believe it's them and others believe it's them <laughs> and it's nice to throw in the possibility it may not be you that's talking about going back out yeah right that's her self-talking and it's not hard to introduce it. I mean, people in recovery have the information. They just sometimes don't put two and two together. They have a, they must come to a vague suspicion that something's up when they go to meetings and, you know, they're sitting there feeling terminally unique and that no one thinks like they do or feels like they do or does the same shit they do. And then people share, and it sure sounds like a lot of people do the same shit you do, think the same way, and feel the same way. It's got a, a, a lot, in, hopefully it will incite some suspicion that maybe these aren't my thoughts and my feelings and my reactions. Maybe they're the, uh, the diseases, actions, and thoughts and reactions to life, yeah? So that you can see a lot of times what's talking as us isn't us, yeah. Yeah. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And the point is, it was great to point out to her, she's sober, so she may want to drink, but it's not happening. So maybe uh, 
the parasite doesn't have 51% of the stock of her. Yeah, maybe the higher power is the determining factor, which is great. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Jacob, or I think it was Bryce. Uh, we have the next one is from Beatrice. I'm going to ask you to mute yourself. Oh, I thought somebody was before me. Hi, I'm Beatrice, recovered alcoholic and drug addict. Hi, Paul. Yes. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Kaiser. Thank you, David. Um, so just wanted to touch, I have to, I have to write things down because, you know, I did a lot of drugs in my time and I got, you know, burnt cells up there. But you talked about the mind, you know, it incites those negative things. And I, and I find that to still happen, even though I made that kind of shift that we talk about, you know, um, there was a piece missing for me and I was able to see that piece from what I was and from what I am, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I, love that we're, I love that we're in the recovery garage. We talk about the parking places that where we all wind up at. So I love that part. But I do find times when that parasitic mind and, and um, that really speaks to me because I understand that today to be what can still talk to me, the selfing, if you will, if I have that correctly. At least that's yeah. how I see it. That was the perspective that really changed for me, seeing it from a different angle. Um, and you, you provided that for me with these talks. And, and I love that because it really helped me to see what the selfing was about. I couldn't relate to the selfishness that they talked about. Even though I knew what they meant, it was the selfing part of the mind that I got, if that makes yeah. sense. So thank you for that. Thank you. That's all. Thank you, honey. You know, it, this is a, the disease, if you want to call it that, or the parasite talks to us as us, and it also talks to others as us. Yeah. So it's proclaiming to others, I'm going to get fucked up, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, yeah? Yet, there's, it isn't something that has to be produced, it's there. There's a gap. You're not that, yeah? It doesn't have to be dug. It's a fact. You're not that, which is proclaiming to be the one who wants to go out. You're not, Yeah? You're not that. So it will, it will try to present a distorted, mutated emotion as yours and just, oh, this, no one has anything like this. This is the most unique whatever. And it's not you speaking. It isn't. And yet if you're beholden to that, you may fucking go out and start that freaking insane cycle again. Yeah. And the cycle could look out on an external level, running for a while, having to get getting arrested, getting an option, go to a program or to jail, going to the program, let's say your ninth one. So now you're pretty much institutionalized. You can do the talk. Yeah. And you can fake the walk. And then you go off and you have the things telling you, you really want to go out and get loaded. And you're thinking it's you. And therefore, you're just biding time, but it's actually the parasite biding time. It sort of has, it's neutered you where you're, you're almost like paralyzed. 
And so it's taken over, and you're just sitting there numb, and it's doing all this yapping. Oh, yeah, I'm going to act like I'm here and I'm serious, but as soon as I can fucking get out or get loaded in the f- program, and then you're out again, and so on, and, so, and it goes on and on, unbeknownst to you forever that what was presenting itself as you, fucking going running around there as you, ain't you. You've been dragged into incomprehensible, pitiful demoralization. You've been dragged in there. Who the hell ever wants to arrive there? No one. You've got to be driven to it. Yeah? And all of us have been driven to that same parking space. we got to recognize, oh, yes, I'm going to put my foot down. I want to get fucked up. It's not you. You're fucking planting your flag in a fucking foreign soil. You know what I mean? You're, you're, ready, you're dying on a hill that you didn't even go there. I mean, it's insane. It's so fucking insane. It's such a... I've seen, you know, I've seen people, you know, yeah, you want to be a right? Yeah, you'll end up being right and alone. Yeah, and... There you go. That's usually where I'll take you. I was right. Those motherfuckers. I'll show them. I'm going to declare my, my liberty. I'm going to drink. I can drink. Yeah, you can drink. Any one of us can drink. But you can't control the outcome. <laughs> That's the dilemma. <laughs> yeah, all of us can get on that horse. But maybe like on those rodeos, you're not even going to last seven seconds. It's going to throw you and stamp on you and shit like that. <laughs> and then the next rodeo, you'll do the same fucking thing again. Oh, it's I'm having a, a rough life. No, you've been drawn into a fucking rough life through without knowing it by the identification as the disease. Yeah, it's talking to us as us and you're talking to other as that. It's insane. It is insane. And it's going to keep happening as long as we keep calling its manifestations ours, its thoughts as ours, its feelings that it's generating as ours, yeah, its reactions as ours. What are you going to end up? You're going to get exactly what we all get. Yeah? Some level of pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. We're going to be led to fuck it, and we're going to keep doing what it implies to us to do. We're going to get loaded or act out or tell that girl, fuck you, or whatever, or do this, do that. And basically live under this tyranny. Yeah? Jesus. Perhaps there's a better way, truly. First, we have to admit there has been an inordinate amount of faith and trust in finite self. You have to admit this. Yeah? And then in the admittance of that, then the program will move that faith and trust, which we can't move ourselves, to, to, to the infinite. Yeah? That's the better way. That's the better way. And our job is to honor the demonstrations of that way of life. Yeah, and once we break out of the gravity of self, which it doesn't have an infinite gravity, its gravity isn't really, it doesn't have, it likes to have you isolated and feeling completely separate, then you're breathing its atmosphere and its gravity, 
but the program will break us through that gravity and then we'll enter the gravity of the higher power which will suck us into that state yeah and that's the sunlight of the spirit so to speak uh, yeah so the whole program to me is just breaking the gravitational field of self diminishing its influence and then allowing the other influence of the higher power or spirit to become the dominant one <clears throat> that's all yeah and all the while it's happening the mental state <clears throat> will be presenting itself as you <clears throat> and will be talking as you to you and to others yeah yet hopefully it doesn't have enough juice to compel you to act so yeah I really want to go out but are you noticing you're not yeah I really want to get loaded but you're not yeah I mean it the workings are right underneath our feet we just gotta stop and honor it yeah it, it isn't like we're somewhere else and then there perhaps there's the better way we're on the better way now <laughs> it's not like oh somewhere in the far far away mist there's a better way no we're on the better way right now honor it the head isn't going to the head is going to honor fucking its way it's going to forget a miracle in 20 minutes and it will remember a perceived slight for 50 years you have to see if you're feeling great it tells it gets suspicious in five minutes if you have a weird feeling it tells you it's the beginning of a lifelong depression you've got to recognize the bias yeah how can you be feeling really great and then be in hell in three minutes that's suspicious yeah how could it change that dramatically this is the head yeah and it resides there the problem resides there it speaks to us as us through the narration of thoughts and through the interpretation of events and futures and past and all this bullshit and memories yeah every mental process is infected with it that's why there's no mental defense against the first drink the mental state has been taken over we need another possibility our solution is not from or of the problem yeah You know, a lot of times I learned a lot in recovery and I learned to recognize when I may be involved in a, in a performing, I may be uh, keeping someone from their bottom, which is the greatest fucking thing for them. If these people are believing that thing that's talking to them as them, oh, I want to go out, fucking let them go out. It'll be the greatest teacher. Yeah. Perhaps there's an easier, softer way, but usually we, we like to get our asses kicked completely, so there you go. Yeah. If someone keeps telling me they want to go out, fucking go out. You know what I mean? I, what is this, a threat or something? Go out. Yeah. I used to see it in this program, Delancey Street. Delancey Street, I lived there two years. And they, had, they knew how to run a tight ship. You could not threaten 
uh, violence. You couldn't do anything there. You, so when you got a resentment or something, you were supposed to put it in a box and put the name of the person you wanted to meet, and they'd set up meet, uh, these things they called games, which was like attack therapy. But I used to watch people on the floor, and they'd have a resentment cooking. And then the resentment, that the disease would tell them, I'm going to leave. And then they'd walk out the glass door. And as soon as they got out the glass door, they realized they have no fucking money. The buses aren't running. And they can't go back in. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to show them. Then they turn around. They realize what happened. Something was talking to them that wasn't them. And then it's them when it gets outside the door. What the fuck? There goes 12 months. I got nothing to show for it. And I can't even get back in the program. That was a winning move. <laughs> it's not us. I don't give a shit what you want to tell me. It's not you. You, you, there's something living as you right now. <laughs> it can't live. It can narrate. It can pontificate. It can blame. It can see threats that aren't there, but it doesn't communicate. You don't have the language of the parasite. The only language the parasite respects is a greater parasite. I mean a greater power. That's all it is. And so... AA allows a greater power to come into the mix and the lower power is put in place. That's basically what happens, yeah? So. All right, yeah. Thanks, Beatrice. Always a pleasure. Yeah. I like when the light goes on and it stays on. It's very nice. It's good. You don't have to pay the electric bills. All, sol all solar power. <laughs> All right, then, uh, next uh, person. Thanks, Beatrice. Thanks, Paul. Uh, the next question comes from Rob KY. I think that's Rob from Kentucky. I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself. Hey, I'm Rob, alcoholic. Uh, hoping to. Um, I was that guy who walked out that door and said, oh, shit, what did I do? Why did I leave? With the sound. Hold on, I'm, I'm not now. hearing. It's sounding uh, very garbled. I can try to kill my video. Yeah, we're going to keep your video off, Rob, because it can help uh, with your audio questions. So go ahead. You hear me now? Yes. Is it better? Yes. Um, when you were talking about that guy who walked out the door, that was me. I walked out the door and I was like, oh, shit, why the fuck did I do this? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I went on another run. Uh, I got a long history in AA. I've been around a long time. And um, I get to this three-year mark, and I guess self shows up or something shows up. And... Um, I almost got it today. I was listening to one of your talks and it said, what I'm, what I'm trying to get out of, I was never in. And I was like, oh, I yeah. get it. And then boom, it was gone. 
And I'm like back in that spot again, like, where did it go? What what am I fighting? What am I hiding from? I feel like, you know, I've made all my amends. I cleaned up my past. And now I'm here with Rob. And I'm at this three-year mark. And I just can't get over this three-year mark. I don't know what it is. But it's like I'm trying to get out of something. And I don't know what the fuck I'm getting out of. And um, I just keep listening to your talks and trying to learn more and more. And um, hey, You're going to make yeah. it through that. Your mark, bro. Rob, it's not yeah. an impossibility. You're going to make it through it. This is what happens. There's deep mental grooves. They keep reproducing the same effect, and then they're broken by the recovery. Yeah? Like, in a way, some like for me, oh. You know, cicadas, you know, they come up only 12 years. So, so the parasite sometimes yeah. has a cicada move. For you, it's every three years. <laughs> but this is going to be one. Yeah? And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna drive through that roadblock, and it won't be a roadblock anymore. And there'll be many more things that seem to be roadblocks that won't be roadblocks. This is the progression of recovery. Yeah. Whatever you can do not to pick up that drink and what you can, what, and admit that you can't do that and ask that power, really ask that power to keep you sober. Rely on that power. This is the whole program is to rely on it. Yeah. To realize I'm outmatched, I'm overmatched. And, you know, that's, where the power comes from, our admittance of powerlessness. That's where it is. That's what sets it all off. So, yeah. And if you want, stay after. There's people that will be here after the meeting. And, uh, yeah, we've all had our roadblocks. Three years, three months, uh, you know, relationships. They always, there's always seemingly been the one that I'm never going to get through that, but you inevitably do. Yeah. Yeah. So please stay, Rob, afterwards, if you like. There's a lot of people that can talk to you. And then if you ask Mike if he's there, he can give you my number if you want to call me. Yeah? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Seriously. He'll give you my number. I don't want to give everyone my number right now. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I could select a few squares, but not randomly, you know. So, uh, yeah, but Mike Z will give you my number. That's all right, Mike, yes? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll make it through together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right on. And then it will have one. See, it has these declarations that it thinks no one shall pass through this, and then you pass through it. Then it makes another one up. No one shall pass. And then you pass through it, and then you see the emperor has no clothes. Really, after a while, right now it's fully adorned, and you're believing all this shit, but it's going to be broken. That belief. That's the whole process. Is the trust in the finite self. Why do you think trust in finite self is? It's believing with great 
conviction the thought system and what it's professing and pontificating and predicting. That's the trusting finite self is, is being moved. So what happens when you don't trust finite self? You see false evidence as false evidence. You don't see it as real. Yeah, you start recognizing it as false evidence and it doesn't morph, morph into appearing real. Yeah, you see it. That's when the trust of the finite is being moved to trusting the infinite. Yeah? That's the, that's the seeing things with new eyes. That's the new attitude and new outlook. Yeah? It's just a shift of faith. Yeah. We can't do it, but the program allows it to occur. You know, people always do that. Well, if my, let's say, if my grandmother dies on my birthday, January 25th, I'm definitely going to get drunk. Definitely. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the, the death rose of a dying parasite. It keeps throwing out its, its, its hook. There's absolutely no bait on it anymore. You see the cold ironness of it. It throws its hooks out, and it's still trying to pull you in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The last thing it wants you to, to see it as is irrelevant. That's the last thing. I swear to God. It, as long as you see it as a foe, it loves that. Or a terrible thing I have to conquer. When you lose interest in it, that's the killing blow. That's the killing blow is loss of interest. That's like the secret martial art thumb of death or something. You just lose interest and it's all it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so fucking <laughs> Hey, you! And you don't respond. When I was growing up in New York, you had to learn a lot of skillful means to take subway rides, yeah? <laughs> because, especially late at night, uh, because you'd be on a, uh, you'd be in a subway car, and somebody was sort of insane, and they'd yell, and if you responded and looked their way, they'd be right next to you. So they'd be going, "Hey, you!" and you just don't look. <laughs> but if you look, if your eyes meet right next to you, they get off at the same stop. They walk, try to walk with you for a while. But as long as you don't get the, "Hey, you!" you're you're fine. This is the loss of interest. Yes. <laughs> because they will go to try to get someone else. You would go to the next car. Hey, you! You know. <laughs> I mean, I lost so many shoes in New York City because all you did in the subway is look on at other people's shoes. You never didn't want to make eye contact. Because you don't know what the fuck was going to happen. <laughs> so this way, you don't want to make eye contact. Yeah, it just yeah. <laughs> it's it's false evidence. Is hey you? It's false evidence. Is hey you? <laughs> and it appearing real to you is when you look. That's it. The hey you is the false evidence. When it appears real, it's you looking at it. Yes, there you go. Yeah, that's our role. That's our role, yeah? The only way false sevens can appear real is if it appears real, appears real to us. 
That's the only way. We are reality. We are it. We're giving meaning to things. Things aren't giving meaning to us. We're giving meaning to things. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank you, Rob. Thanks a lot for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Um, the next question, uh, Terry from the UK, did you have a question or no? <laughs> Hold on. You have to unmute yourself, there. Hello. Hi, I, I just lowered my hand, I thought, oh, I just wanted to make a comment, really, it's, it's just, I've, I've, I think, you know, it's terrific, it's the way uh, of what I've learned through going through the, the program, the 12-step program, um, and the way I felt, um, Paul's been really eloquent in the way, you know, you're able to, to speak about it, and, you know, I'm thinking about... <clears throat> What, you know, after I did me sort of step four and five, and then I realized how selfish, the, the, you know, this, this selfish part of me, um, I, was, I was truly amazed. And it was, uh, oh, I didn't know. And, and when you don't know, you don't know. Um, and you speak about, um, you know, relief uh, from the bondage of self. And when you mentioned that at the end, I thought, you know, being relieved of the bondage of self. And yes, it is a relief. It's such a relief. Um, and I just love the way that you, um, the way your interpretation, it's like a, it's a whole, like it's a new evolution of um, the, the, the teachings in, in AA. And, um, you know, with this Zoom thing, we wouldn't have had this without the COVID or I wouldn't have seen it. Aye, there I go. <laughs> um, you know, and the, the 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 committee in your head and all that sort of. I'm not going to have to take responsibility for that anymore. I'm just let it go. Uh, that load is a lot lighter, and um, you know, I'm really I'm really pleased I found this. So thanks very much. I'll just leave it there. And let's. Uh, thank you, Terry. Thank you. Thanks for your participation. It, uh, what was it? The, it takes a lot of squares to make a village. <laughs> we got some interesting squares here. <laughs> yeah, this yes. I mean, you have to see when you hear the statement self can't get out of self. It implies the problem, in other words, yeah, which would mean for, for me, if self can't get out of self, it must be the identification as self, because Paul has been trying to get out of self for a long, long time. Paul didn't know it was self, <laughs> seemingly. So Paul, from Paul's point of view, it makes complete sense to try to get out of self but it didn't realize that it's identified as self and it's calling it Paul, yeah? It's maybe identified self as self, but it hasn't identified Paul as self. It didn't see 
that little aspect, which is the dominant one. Yeah, so I get caught in the net of self trying to get out of self, and I keep wondering why it's not working because I'm holding it as Paul. I'm not holding it as self trying to get out of self. So to me, the root of the problem is the act of being identified as self, obviously. Yeah. It's nice to know so that maybe you can start recognize the difference between us and self. Yeah, instead of recognizing all us as self, I would rather just see the difference. Yeah, yeah. And the difference is amazing. I'm telling you, the difference between thought and my thought is incredibly. I mean, if you had a scale uh, and you weighed every thought during a day, and then the next day you weighed every thought accompanied by my, the weight difference would be unbelievable. My is, lends so much heaviness to whatever comes after it, you know. And that my is, is really the act of being identified as self. That's how it's giving meaning to things, yeah. And it's given a meaning to us that has seriously constricted our ability to entertain possibilities. It has. Because it's put every possibility that it gives us to entertain into time. So basically, I'm never okay, but I'm hoping I will be okay. Yeah. And even the, even the hope that I will be okay makes it even worse when I'm thinking I'm okay now. So it's really a double whammy. So uh, if you look at some of the statements in AA, it's implying the exact nature of the wrong. You have to see that. Because self can't get out of self is really describing Paul, Mary, Beatrice, Terry getting out of self. It's, it's capturing that Paul, Mary, Terry, and Bill weren't Paul, Mary, Terry, and Bill. They were actually dominated by self. And that's why Paul, Mary, Bill, and Beatrice can't get out of self because it's self trying to get out of self. Unbeknownst to Bill, Mary, Terry, and... Yes? I mean, obviously. Look, I don't see how you could come to any other conclusion. But hey, maybe you can. But Yeah, so basically, wait a minute. What I'm taking to be Paul isn't really Paul. It's, it's a mental image called self, yeah? That will actually identify and question its reflection as another self, yeah? But assuming it to be Paul. So now Paul is learning about self, and it doesn't realize it's actually captured by the statement, self-knowledge avails you nothing. You're wondering why Paul has acquired a lot of knowledge about self. No, it's been self acquiring knowledge about self and it's availing you fucking nothing. Yeah? The, all the while, your story is Paul is learning about self. It isn't. It's self claiming the knowledge of self. That's self knowledge. Now, knowledge of self is valuable, self knowledge has no value. You see the difference? When you have knowledge, of self, and I, I don't mean the first one, I mean the second one, Paul, when you see that Paul <laughs> isn't Paul, that's valuable as hell, yeah, that truly is, then you start recognizing, hey, maybe I'm a spiritual condition, 
Why am I trying to force one? I am one, yeah? <laughs> and therefore, being a spiritual condition would be the highest form of maintaining a spiritual condition, yes? Which is the basis of our daily reprieve. So now you can be, now that, condi- that relief can stabilize. You can have a stabilized, the problem doesn't exist for me. <laughs> Which is a damn g- good point of view. It really is. <laughs> but it's, it's premised on the problem doesn't exist as me. You've recognized, yes? Ah, now the problem, you can have this, the experience the problem doesn't exist for you can stabilize, not because of you, but because you've recognized the problem doesn't exist as me. Yes, aha, yeah. And I hope it is an evolution. I believe there is another wave in recovery. I believe there's another wave. I believe, yeah, all the shit you've been denying and avoiding, you, you finally tell the truth about, and that's not the end of it. There's another truth about the truth. You're not that. Yeah? So you become responsible to realize you are accountable. You're not responsible. When I got loaded, I was going to do anything to anybody. Yeah, there was no choice or volition. Oh, maybe I won't do that. No, there was no, there was no reflection or let me take a pause. It was just a fucking rabid activity, insatiable, trying to get what it thought was going to give it a feeling of okayness. Yeah, be it drugs, sex, whatever it was. Yeah, so <laughs> that wasn't me. I don't give a shit. You want to pin that on me? I'm not buying it anymore. I'm not. Something took us over and used us. Yeah? Let's be honest with it, finally. So I think there is another phase of recovery. I do. All right, I think that's it, eh? Maybe? Or we have more questions? Uh, there is a question from Facebook. It's a quick one. Um, and then there's a repeat. Whatever you're feeling comfortable with. Do you want to close here? Well, I'm feeling uncomfortable because I have to piss, piss soon, but go ahead. Do you want to take a break? I'll make some announcements. What do you think? Take a break. I'll be back in 30 seconds or so. All right. Perfect. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming. Yeah, I'm like an old camel of AA. I could hold it for an hour, but these are going longer than an hour. So it's just longer than a meeting used to go. <laughs> so Paul does his reflections on the 12 steps Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, 1.30 p.m. in the east coast of the United States, and then 6.30 p.m. in the U.K. Uh, he also does uh, two non-duality discussions, the same thing as this. It's very similar, except it's not focusing on the 12 steps. Um, a lot of crossover. That is on Wednesdays. That was last night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Uh, on the Eastern. And then for UK listeners, you can set your alarm for 3 a.m. And then on Saturday, he does the second non-duality a week, which is at, let's see, I think it's at 9.30 a.m. or p.m. I didn't actually look. But anyway, it's a 1.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4.30 um, yeah, and then go to zenbitchlab.com to find out all his books and uh, find out more about him. 
I don't know. I could sing for you for a little bit. Um, I'll have a moment of silence and I'll figure out something else to talk about. This is not an AA meeting. Uh, it is being broadcast live on Facebook. Go to, I believe the website is AA's meetings global list. There are a lot of uh, AA meetings throughout the, uh, actually throughout the globe. And I'm going to shut up now. Well, I can ask the next question. Um, all right, Paul, the next question comes from Facebook, a woman named Stephanie, and she asks, how can I travel lighter when I have a diagnosis that is unfavorable? False evidence appearing real feels very confusing to me with my diagnosis. Say that again. Okay, it says, how can I travel lighter when I have a diagnosis that is unfavorable? False evidence appearing real feels confusing to me with my diagnosis. And she doesn't state what diagnosis that is. So it could be physical or it could be something I don't know. All right. So the diagnosis is, happen is happening, yes? The traveling lighter isn't based on that it doesn't happen. Yeah? The traveling lighter is... You basically can travel lighter with whatever's going to happen. Yeah, it isn't about, it's not a, <sighs> traveling lighter isn't conditional, or hopefully it's not going to end up conditional. Yes? So I'm not only, I'm not, not just traveling lighter when everything's going great. It's traveling lighter means you travel lighter through whatever happens. It does, and some of that may be, a heavy traveling, but it'll be lighter than it used to be. Yes? So that for that one, all right? Just to be clear. And the false evidence appearing real, if the diagnosis is is, is clouding that understanding that this is the this is the importance of a sponsor and to be and a community. So you run shit by people who don't have a vested interest in it and maybe take some of their suggestions and some of their uh, pointings, yeah? Was, if you know you have trouble discerning truth from the false and it's based on a diagnosis, well, seek people who don't have that much trouble seeing the truth from the false. Yeah, and maybe follow their suggestions. She that would be my answers, yeah? And it, uh, the diagnosis was she shared with us was leukemia and she responded, yes. Yeah. So the, the idea is, yeah, like I got a run over by a car. The traveling light didn't erase that. Yeah. It, it produced disabilities, but I traveled lighter through those disabilities because I had a sample of traveling heavy through those disabilities. My first reaction to them, because I was still out there using, was to deny the whole fucking thing. I didn't take care of my leg, this very badly damaged one. I ran around like crazy, and I did more damage. And basically, I had to just, I was totally disassociated from body experience, completely. My mental state just checked out and got loaded and loaded and loaded and loaded and loaded. And when I came to, in recovery, I had a lot of shit to deal with physically you know i had a, i had been putting off operations that needed to be done i had a bar in my leg 
that had gone bad, they should have removed it five years before. I didn't follow it up, and a huge staph uh, infection grew on that bar, and it produced uh, unbelievable effects. So my first year of sobriety, I was suffering from an incredible staph infection, and I'm wondering, man, sobriety sort of sucks. <laughs> I, didn't, I felt so shitty physically all day because unbeknownst to me, I had a huge staph infection going on in my body. So what happened is I didn't get a get-out-of-jail-free card. I just learned how to travel lighter through shit. Now, I didn't learn it. I observed it by taking... by I really had a sense-feltness about turning my will life over to the care of a higher power. I had a demonstration of surrender when I got struck sober that I've entertained ever since. I mean, I got it almost, it almost as if I got a glimpse and then I, from that glimpse, I've been able to entertain that glimpse ever since. So surrender has been the basis of my action figure life. I've, I've had sober assessments thrust upon me and was made very clear that I'm fucked and I'm not managerial quality. Never comes up for debate. Doesn't, it's not reviewed monthly. It's just that was put to rest and things got a lot different. Yeah. And I've been able to travel lighter through a lot of shit that would have triggered a lot of other behaviors and reactions in the past. Yeah. So that's why I like the term traveling lighter. It's not like, oh, everything's great. I never have a problem. No, this life happens still, but I travel lighter through it. And so, and you don't know, you know, people will say, well, there's a huge difference between 40 hours of suffering and seven minutes of suffering. There's a huge difference. I would say one's traveling heavy and one's traveling lighter. Yeah. So if shit that used to have a long shelf life gets, comes in and goes out really fast, man, that's, the thing is, we're not prone, we're not really programmed for gratitude. We're not really programmed to see the joy of what's absent in our life. So, so some of us had to take do gratitude lists to sort of teach ourselves, you know, or I used to have this use this little statement, when anything ever happened to me that was good, the first few years, I'd say, thank you, God, that was more than enough. Because before it would be, fuck you, I want a bigger amount, you know? So I just kept saying, thank you, God, this is more than enough. And it actually cultivated gratitude. It did. And after five years, I, didn't, I stopped using it because it had cultivated gratitude. <laughs> Why do I want to keep cultivating? You know, gratitude can grow on its own. It's not like a lifetime cultivation. You cultivate it and then it grows, yeah? Your job isn't like a life, you're not a lifelong landscaper. You start the garden or you participate in it and then the garden grows in its own little direction, yeah? And the direction is directed by principle and therefore it's growth, yeah? It grows, it has a purpose, yeah? It's not just willy-nilly, it grows. It's being directed by a higher power, and we're in good hands. So the traveling lighter is just that, just that, you know? The parasite still throws out its little bombs occasionally, but it's, 
<laughs> what would you call it? The uh, the fuse is so long, you can fuck around, this and that, and then snip it. It's not like, one second, it's going to blow. <laughs> Just snip it, snip it, snip it. Yeah, the, you know those, this is the worst thing that ever happened, never happens. <laughs> It's funny. It's funny. So, yeah. And uh, things happen in this life. We get ill, shit like that. I mean, I got run over. That experience has affected my physical life every second since since. Yeah. I mean, 38 years of effects. But well, we, we can outshine circumstances and situations. We can outshine circumstances and situations. Yeah, it is a very strong possibility. It's available. Thanks, Paul. She responded back. These these meetings and the non-duality meetings have helped. Self sucks. Fantastic. That's all that we can do, man. Just hopefully. See, this isn't like providing fish. It's teaching you how to fish. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is, this is just triggering possibilities. You're going to be the finder of those. It's going to cook. I have great faith in the message. Great faith in it. Anyone else, Kaiser? Uh, Jackie's got a repeat question if you uh, got time for it. You ready? All right, Jackie. All right, here you go, Jackie. I asked you to unmute yourself. There you go. Yeah, I, okay. Um, okay, as you were talking earlier, you said if a person wants to go back out, let them go. And I yeah, not every person. It's, it's a it's a case by case con situation. Right. But yes, right, right. See, but the person that's like I thought about the gentleman that asked a question earlier. Uh, depending on the circumstance, the other person that wants to stay clean and doesn't want to drink has to come to, well, he, nobody has to do anything, but realize that he wants to save himself. So he's got to make some decisions, correct? Yeah, that's what happens. Because certain yeah. things are triggers for people. So certain things are triggers for people, people, places, and things. And if he so wants to stop drinking, he's, he may have to consider making some adjustments to save himself. Yes, he may. Who knows, you know? Everything is, is sort of uh, a living event. You know, I had a girl, my first fairy princess in AA, her name was Wendy. Uh, it, was a, it was a relationship made in early sobriety. I had six months, she had three months. Uh, we were both incapable of having a viable relationship, but we gave it a good shot. And I was very fond of her, very, very fond of her. And she had a, for, the, for many years, she had a very, you know, she was very well respected. She wrote books on codependency. Uh, she helped a lot of people, it's very bright. And after about 21 years, she went back out and uh, 
as a secretary, she decided that she could have some wine and not tell anybody. And then the genie came out of the bottle or came into her from the bottle, whatever. And uh, for the next eight years, she came in and out. Yeah. Now, I had a very strong connection with her, and it was, uh, it was unbelievable to watch and to hear about it. And after about eight years, she uh, overdosed and uh, killed herself, basically, pills and alcohol. And I went to the funeral, and her daughters, her sisters who I knew, and her parents who I had met, uh, they were all happy it was over, really. They were happy it was over. It was just unbelievable. I had, it was the closest person I ever seen uh, go through that. I could not go believe what she went through for eight years. Unbelievable. And she had tons of money, went to all the highest end things. She paid for sober friends. She'd get sober housemates. Nothing is just, uh, you know, she had this her seat assignment, I guess. But, I mean, we're all hopefully sober today. Yeah. And it's great to just honor that, that in a sense, no matter how many concepts you have about how it would have to look for the problem to be removed, it actually has been removed. Yeah. We're not drinking and using, and that's a miracle. It really is. And let's honor it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I just so sometimes words, feel. So in other words, honor the moment. I'm not drinking. Oh, yeah. it's like when people come to me and they talk about how many meetings should I attend, I say this one, you know, attend this one. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, yeah, I'm going to do 90 minutes. Yeah, just come here today. Sit here. Be here. Yeah. <laughs> we, the uh, time has such a strong influence on the head, yes? Mm-hmm. It does, and uh, and the the scale of importance is so imbalanced. Mm-hmm. We we to the point where false evidence is appearing real, and then what's what is real is not appearing to be real. Yeah, a miracle is forgotten so quickly, and the the idea that we're sober is forgotten. And we get all the concerns about this or that. But at the baseline is we're sober, which is a monumental condition change. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the evidence isn't always in the big things. The evidence is in everything. Yeah. And uh, we none of us would be doing this without the gift of sobriety. <laughs> we would be fucking Look in, in, you know, there'd be squares and people would be looking in the couch for change and fucking calling up the dealer while he's on this. You know, it would be wild. We'd be trying to sell clothes. One of us would be trying to communicate to another square like this or whatever. You know, it would be fucking insane. True. <laughs> Look at all. You know, I always talk about it where in my community. I said, you know, I live in a town called Novato. I think Novato should send a big thank you to AA because of all the suffering we've we've delayed for the city of Novato. All the fucking police events, incidents, and the ambulance trips and shit like that. 
I mean, what hasn't happened because we're here is unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. The I feel, I feel something that's lacking a lot is honoring. Honoring what actually has come to pass. Mm-hmm. And, and not losing, uh, you know, not taking your eye off that ball because that mental state wants to have you look at everything else. But really, I mean, do I need any more evidence that something can do for me what I can't do for myself, really? Or is it just piling on? I think it's just piling on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the act of addiction was the, youth, the biggest influence in my fucking life. Yeah? It had tinted everything. It had dyed everything a certain color. Everything. Yeah? For that to be changed is freaking unbelievable. Unfreaking believable. And so my whole basis of program was recognizing that something has done for me what I can't do for myself and just keep expanding on what I can't do for myself, really. Yeah. I mean, I think we found a principle that doesn't vary, that doesn't come when it's sunny and goes away when it's raining. It's always available. And the principle is sound. We admit our inability and we have the ability to travel lighter through it. Yeah. Wow, you said a lot in the answer. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. Yeah, so. You want to say? Grateful. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, anyone else? No, that's it. You want to say your goodbyes? I always love to say my goodbyes. I hope it's only temporary. <laughs> Goodbye. Kaiser, thanks for the service. And Mike Z. Uh, we got Paul. There he is. He's got a, he's got a, I got an incredible t-shirt today, Paul. You can't see it. It's a flying saucer picking up babes out of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got Walter. Nice to see you, Walter. Rob Farr from the UK, one of the stalwarts of uh, the Zoom. Terry, nice to meet you, Terry. Yes, let's not take ourselves too seriously. Chris from Olympia, Washington. Beatrice, as always, fantastic. Thank you. We got uh, Jacob and uh, some other characters looking very relaxed there. Nice to see you guys. Yes. We got Sukai. We got Marty T. Nice to meet you, Marty. Johannes. Uh, Therese. Nice to see you again. Hillary from St. Petersburg. Nice to see you. We got Andres. Andres from Sweden. Yes. I'm going to tell you something, Andres. All right. The message is never going to probably change. <laughs> Don't wait for any addition. <laughs> There's no extreme version coming down the pipe. No. That was great, Paul. I got it. Uh, Kurt, nice to see you again, my friend. Keep passing on what everything. You know, this whole thing is about... That which is passing through the pass it on. Yeah? It's pretty nice. We got Sue. 
Sue C. Nice to see you, Sue. Michael, my main man from Madeira, Madeira, California. Yeah. We got Mickey. Mickey, I think you know uh, Michael. Yes. Yeah. The Madeira, California is represented. We got Catherine from Maine. Is that Maine? Ah, oh, Catherine. Nice to see you. I once lived in a tent in uh, Acadia National Park. It, there were the mosquitoes were huge there. Um, monstrous things. All right, we got we got Drew. Drew, help. Nice to see you, Drew. Keep your arms on the wheel there. Keep your hands on the wheel there. Ellen. Rob from Kentucky. Jackie. Nice to see everybody. Yeah. And uh yeah, just a pleasure. Let's keep let's keep getting coming back and uh I'll see you guys soon. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Adios. Thank you, really. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Thanks, Good guys. Night. Bye. Thank you.